When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Last Word, episode number 275. This evening, Cognito has obligations of Iron Lord's podcast duties, and he will be covering the Game Awards over there, and he will be doing that after this show. So if you're watching this one live, you guys can still go hang out with Cognito in a couple hours. We are actually doing the show a little early this week, so we're not going to be kind of co-streaming the Game Awards or anything like that. Travis may be doing a little bit for that. I'll be watching it for sure. And mm-hmm. we're just going to do this to get uh, kind of our Destiny chat ahead of the Game Awards, because there's going to be plenty of news there. And we didn't do one last week over the current season, so we have a lot to catch up on. So first things first, mm-hmm. Travis, what have you been up to, sir? I know you've been yeah. uh, living in a different reality. I have been living in a different reality. I'll get to that. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited about the Game Awards. Uh, it is a big day for everyone in games media. Um, I'm actually covering the Game Awards, meaning I actually have been pre-briefed on some of the announcements and have my articles ready to publish uh, once the trailers and announcements play and all that. Um, so very excited about that. And that's what I'm going to be doing right after this, which is why we're doing the show early. So thank you, E, for accommodating me. Um, yeah, no problem. Yeah, I've been, a, I've been deep in review land. Um, <laughs> I just got done reviewing the 1.0 uh, release of the Anacrusis which is uh, made by some former Left 4 Dead devs, and it is a very, very, very uh, Left 4 Dead game. It's, you know, running around with four players in co-op, shooting your way to the next safe room and then moving on. Um, I'm not sure if that review is live yet, so I probably shouldn't talk about it unless I know for sure. Um, but <laughs> that review's done, and I think uh, we'll be getting posted today, if not tomorrow. Or it might already be posted. I actually don't know. There's no embargo on it because the game is already out. Um, and then uh, my next review is Asgard's Wrath 2, which um, is a 100 plus hour open world RPG completely in VR. Um, as of today, I'm able to talk about um, the first 15 hours of the game, which is the first two the first sagas. first 15 hours in a VR game. How big is this thing? First 15 hours. It's huge. 100 Damn. hours. Wow. At least. Um, yeah, it's a hundred hours. Uh, it has four full campaigns basically where you play as four separate characters, each with their own, uh, weapons and arsenal and powers and stuff like that. You go through the, the same the pre- journey. No, with them? the premise of the premise of the game is that you are a God who has the ability to possess mortals and help them fulfill mm. their destinies. Oh, and so you play one character who's possessing all these mortals and it allows you to switch which character you're playing as. So it's got kind of like backtracking and, oh, I'm going to need this character to accomplish this thing and this character to accomplish this thing. And you're kind of toggling between them. Um, And then it also has parts where you leave your mortal form and enter your god form where you're huge. And you use that form to battle other gods during like epic climactic moments Hmm. or to solve puzzles. Like you can, as a giant god, pick up like a block and move it somewhere else and then switch back to your mortal body. And then you're going to say pick up a mountain and move it over here or something like you you kind of can. Yeah, you can pick (laughs) up like enormous items and then uh, 
place them in a way to help solve puzzles, you know, like pulling giant things down and then let it, switching back to your other character as your mortal and walking across it. Um, and then a little, has, uh, what black and white in there. Yeah. It also did you play has that game um, or do you know what I I'm did, talking yeah. about? Okay. Yeah. It was a cool game. Um, it has, a. It's kind of like Legend of Zelda is what it reminds me of. It's like you're going into dungeons and the dungeons have like lots of puzzles and combat and then usually like bosses at some point uh, that you have to confront. The bosses are like big epic fights. Um, And uh, I've only played I'm like 25, 30 hours in. I'm only allowed to talk about the first 15 hours, but I can tell you this. The first 15 hours are a 10 out of 10 game. Damn. It is a damn good game, Travis. Uh, Half-Life yeah. Alex is one of your favorites, and it's VR, probably your favorite VR, I yeah. would imagine. I mean, it Beat Saber's good, player. but Half-Life Alex. Mm-hmm. How is this ranking versus Half-Life Alex? It is at least as good as Half-Life Alex, at least in the first 15 hours. Um, it might be better. It's certainly more ambitious, and that's the thing about Half-Life Alex is it, it, it's sort of like comparing um, like an MMO to a four-hour story-based campaign, because yeah. Half-Life Alex is so focused, it can do things that uh, there's no way you'd be able to accomplish it in um, Asgard's Wrath 2. Like the graphics are a lot better and the storytelling and detail and kind of the finesse of the shooting combat and all that stuff is just like amazing. Still has not been even a, and nothing even really approaches it today. But Asgard's Wrath, you know, it might not look the best because it's running on the MetaQuest. It's completely wireless. It's an exclusive to the MetaQuest. But it's on um, the so three compl- though, right? Which is still a pretty good. It's on unit. the three, which is which is a great a headset. But it's still you don't have a PC processing the game. It's right. you're wearing the computer that is running the game, and the fact that they got these massive worlds and open world areas and mounts and companions and side quests and skill trees and crafting systems and fishing mini games, like all the stuff that is in this game. Full blown like RPG, full, basically. It's a full blown RPG. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing like halfway about it. And I don't think we've seen that in uh, VR yet. And so um, I've been, I've been like a lunatic in here. D can attest to this, me screaming as I ripped a monster's head off. And I, I, there's something about playing in first person when you have a sword and shield where you actually feel the bloodlust, you know, you can, <laughs> they make you, they make you chop somebody's head off and then you rip it off with your hands and you're just like, ah, you know, um, all, of a, all but, of a sudden next episode, you're just a Viking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, it's been, um, it's been really cool. I mean, uh, the only thing that really could screw it up and we'll see how bad it gets when it goes um, is we don't have access to the full game yet. We're um, we're waiting for them to deliver the final build. But uh, even in the first 15 hours, there are some like technical issues like the game's crashed a few times on me. Um, sometimes textures don't load or there's like frame rate hitching and stuff. And, you know, it's not the final build. So we'll see um, later today when they give me the final build uh, how how uh, much improvement they've done. It might be a rocky, uh, rocky technical situation at launch, depending mm. on uh, how much the current build is um, representative of what the final build is like. But that's really my only complaint. And if it if it ends up not being a nine and inst- or not being a ten and instead is a nine, it will most likely be be because of technical, technical. reasons. Yeah. That's still um, exciting. I, I, I can't say yet, but it's still it, it's still my already even the first fifteen hours. It's at least my second favorite VR game ever, which is like pretty darn cool. Um, and yeah, if you uh, if you buy the MetaQuest Three, it does come with that headset, which yeah. is 
pretty dope. You know, it's their packing game and it, and it could end up becoming the killer app. Um, but that remains to be seen. We'll see, uh, we'll see, uh, how the game, the, the other three quarters of the game I haven't played are, um, at least three quarters. Um, but it's really cool, man. I, 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 I can't talk about the other characters you play as, but they're all so different and weird and cool. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's been it's been super fun, man. I'm I'm really enjoying that review, and it's also my last review of the year, so it's a great way to go out. Number twenty six, new record. That's right. Well, it'll be twenty six if I end up doing the Resident Evil Four VR review, which might happen like over this weekend in between the Asgard oh, Resident Two review. I thought you, know you already I mean? had like, twenty. I don't know. You know, I 21. just I well, already I'm, thought this, you. the Asgard Wrath Two would be my twenty fifth. So oh, okay. if I end up if I end up doing uh, the Resident Evil VR a review, I will be at twenty six for the year, which is pretty crazy. That's what MRI was just saying. Yeah, it comes to PSVR two at midnight. So yeah, so I'm getting go. it at midnight, and basically the plan is if they haven't given me full access to the Asgard's Wrath game, I'm just going to dive straight into Resident Evil because I already beat Resident Evil remake on console. And so I don't need to play the whole game on VR to review it. I just need to play like half of the game, right? Yeah, Which get a feel for how that. everything goes. Yeah, you can get through that in like six hours and then I can write the review and I can be done with it, you know, in one day. So nice. um, basically I'll be reviewing this it. This man's a machine, ladies and gentlemen. He does not sleep. Yeah. He just puts out game reviews. That's what he does. That's right. Yep. Anyway, we're here to talk about all the Destiny news we've missed for the past two weeks. Yeah. So, well, I was going to say, I just wanted to give a small shout out to a movie I saw today for everybody out there who's listening. Uh, Godzilla Minus One. Way better than I expected. I knew it was uh, Japanese with subtitles. Um, I had heard it had a smaller budget from a couple of reviews, but I had heard like glowing reviews from multiple places that I kind of check out. And even Rotten Tomatoes has a pretty damn high. And there's an IMAX literally across the street from me. Pretty close, at least. It's not far. And went over there this morning, like 10 a.m. There's like seven people in the theater. And that was a damn good movie. That's all I have to say is I don't want to give away too much as to why. But you you walk out of a Godzilla movie being like, this was mo way more than just that. And I think I did a great... They did a great job. And... <clears throat> I mean, you, you hear the budget of the movie, but there is a moment where I don't think I've been more terrified of Godzilla ever than this movie. And I don't know how to explain it besides when you see it. But if you do, you kind of know what I mean. But just. Yeah, it was very, very well done. A lot of heart in that movie. I think that's the best way I can say that. So if you get a chance, it is worth the trip to the theater. Uh, I know Japanese subtitles may not with subtitles may not be for everybody, but honestly, I feel like that gave more gravity and weight than any English dub could ever do because no, when they're no, nah, it was well, well worth the journey to see that. Um, so yeah, that was, that was fantastic. And then this morning I actually jumped into Lego Fortnite, the little survival game. And I, oh yeah, I'm I, actually going to play that a little bit. Away by it. Um, it's legit. Like I didn't get that far. I was on for like an hour and then got to doing some destiny stuff, but I was like, I'm going to log back in and actually play some more. I mean, I downloaded the thing yesterday, logged in, launcher, go right in, made my own server, bam. And it's like, it's Lego, so it's going to be a little stylized in the art, but it's unreal. So the lighting, Nanite, all that stuff, like all the, all the fancy pants stuff that Unreal Engine can do done in Lego form, very cool. So I will be playing that a little more. Depending on how my run goes, I might do like a tips video like I've done before because, I mean, survival game, feel like it might actually fit depending on if I get some time in. So stay tuned if I do that one. 
I feel like it actually would fit. But, I mean, there were 2 million people playing it, I think, at some point today. So it's a little popular at this point. And I think it's actually, I mean, it's cool. You do start out with next to nothing. It's survival. You build your little shelter, fire, and all those other pieces. And, yeah, the game I did not jump into, but does technically exist today, is the day before. It is not doing great on reviews right now. So I would probably give that a little time and look at other people's viewings of it. But, yeah, the uh, reviews are... Not too high if you check out Steam, at least. I'm pretty sure if I pull up Steam, it's going to be uh, probably in the negatives. So give that one give that one some time. But Lego Fortnite, it's free. Check it out. It's actually pretty damn fun. And then Godzilla Minus One. Damn good movie. Please go watch it. I wonder why they're calling it Lego Fortnite, because it's kind of just its own game, right? It has almost nothing in common with any of the other. I think it's just because it goes through the Fortnite launcher more than anything, because you open the Fortnite launcher and you've got that. And they were launching three. They did like a racing game by the Rocket League people. Harmonix is doing another one for something else. So it's they had a rhythm game. So there's I think it's just because of the launcher. But yeah, otherwise it would be like Lego Survival is what it would be called. Something like that. I kind of feel like this is just um, they're just becoming Roblox, right? Like people people are using their game to make other games and then they're like advertising those games within it. So Fortnite's kind of becoming like a platform, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, I would be a lot more excited about this game if it weren't in Fortnite, to be honest. I mean, I you haven't I mean? touched Fortnite. I played the, the Fortnite before it was actually battle Royale. I probably tried the battle. I Royale. reviewed it. Yeah. I remember before that thing. That was, Royale, that was yeah. the whole thing. And then I tried probably the battle Royale a couple of times and just battle Royals. I've never, long-term stuck with any of them i've tried it like warzone i've tried PUBG. i've tried that one but honestly just jump it in it is as soon as you're playing you're just like i don't you're not even thinking that it's fortnite it's just lego survival that's all it is so it's actually and it's totally free so there's no real reason not to check it out because it doesn't cost anything and i had a good time for the little bit i played i didn't go that deep into it so i don't know how far it goes but it looks like there's a lot and so far it, it felt good Nice. I will have to put a little more time in and see how worth it it is. But yeah, about a week and a half ago now, we got a new season of Destiny, and we haven't talked about it one iota on this podcast. Because last week, we had... That was a special show. That was a really, really fun show, having Marla Gorondona on last week. Um, Had really fun talking to her, getting the stories in, kind of... Travis had the softball no not the softball questions you had the oddball questions to to keep it interesting it was it was fun i enjoyed that so go check out last Um, week's episode if you missed that yeah thanks to morla for fulfilling our last wish (laughs) that was our 15th wish there you go it was the season of the wish our wishes came true yep isn't that nice well played well played well season of the wish launched last tuesday and I think one of the, like, we'll get to the content and stuff that launched, but we didn't even talk about the starter pack last week. <laughs> we, I mean, I know it's old news at this point because it's been pulled down, but combination of the IGN article that Rebecca Valentine dropped this week, which, shout out to her, she's going to be, like, rivaling. She's a, beast. she's a beast. Like, her sources, very reliable, very good information, well-written articles, um, she puts in the investigative work. She really does. She's got that knack. What I don't know if she came from that before and now took it to video games, but um, yeah, she's definitely getting into that she's one. A but real journalist, yeah. Yes. Um. So yeah, that was that didn't help anything. But yeah, last week we got a starter pack, which 
Yeah, pay to lose starter pack. It was $15. It was the most odd collection of ruinous effigy, which just made me laugh. Uh, and then two other exotics, which I can't even remember right now, but none of them were worth much of anything. And then it was like one ascendant shard, one enhancement prism, which I can get more than that in a strike. 125,000 glimmer and something else. And that was the starter pack. And that lasted 48 hours. Is that about right? Because they took it down about around then. No, it was 24 hours. I can't remember how long it took. I wrote an article about this the day that it happened. And then uh, the PR guy at Bungie, because I asked him for a comment, he got back to me immediately and was like, yeah, Bungie's not going to want to comment on that. And then uh, the next uh, day when they took it down, he pinged me and he was like, "Um, so... I guess there's your comment. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I ended up updating the article to like, uh, you know, include uh, Bungie's decision to remove it, but it was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, that was just, I mean, data went off on another video today, but it was just, it was seemed very tone deaf in the situation of everything going on with the layoffs, the poor monetization model, which we've talked about forever. You've been spearheading that campaign, at least on this podcast as across this big video, just like, consolidating it into one thing to watch, which has just almost made it worse when you put everything together. Doing all of that and then now dropping a starter pack with a new season just didn't feel right. It did feel... And then we're seeing more where Bungie's in financial trouble. Sony has the possibility to... I mean, per uh, Rebecca's sources, sounds like if revenues revenue is not hit, if they miss marks enough, if things... They don't follow through with their obligations. Sony has the opportunity to wipe the board and start over and then choose to do what they want to do with that company, which they would be dumb to gut it completely for sure. Cause there's way too much talent there, but also they would be making different decisions, which some people are like, well, maybe it could, could it be better? Could it be worse? But also I think you and I had the discussion. It's like, that would be an interesting one. That's probably the first thing they would do push it that's, that way that's the that's the sony playbook See, Cut the costs, problem with that though is like your walled garden it does feel like anything live service you need the biggest population possible though to make anything like that where you have the free to play option and if i don't know if marathon's going to be paid i feel like it probably will be somewhat paid but i do yeah, feel like you still need a wide player base on anything live service to have a shot yeah, but they can do that without putting the game on Xbox. Let's be honest, it would stay on PC. The only Fair. platform it would leave would be Xbox, and Xbox has probably the lowest player population of any of the... It does have the lowest player population yeah. of any of the other platforms. Um, so, you know, that's been... One of the things that came out when I was covering the court case of the um, Microsoft Activision acquisition was that Sony's practice... The reason that they can pay to keep games off of Xbox and Xbox can't is because Xbox would have to pay an insane amount of money to make it worth somebody yeah. to not put their game on PlayStation. But PlayStation paying somebody to not put something on Xbox, that's not that expensive for them because there's so much, so many fewer. They're already the market leader anyway. So it's like most <laughs> of it's going to come from them anyway. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. yeah you, just have to, you just have to cover whatever the publisher thinks that they would sell on Xbox, which is the the least profitable platform to put your game on. So um, I think that they would approach it from that calculus. They would say this belongs in our walled garden. It'll do better. It'll elevate it if it's a PlayStation exclusive and on PC and yada, yada. I, th I think that would be their playbook, which, you know, I guess now that it's. 
what is it? It's off of every platform. It, Stadia is not a thing anymore, so it would just yeah. be a lost uh, Xbox. So maybe not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's Cog that's, would be pissed. Cog would be Cog's an Xbox absolutely guy. livid. Yeah, it's like he plays on yeah. PC some too. But yeah, he would. I mean, you want to piss off like a lot of people. It's like depending on how big the player base is. But yeah, that would that would be a PR bit of a nightmare. But I mean. I could see them doing it more with Marathon, not with the current existing Destiny, but I could see them yeah. saying, hey, Marathon's not out yet. We own this now. If you want to play Marathon, you can come to PlayStation. I would be I would be a little surprised if they pulled that to say, if they like pulled future episodes or whatever they do next for Destiny off. Now, Destiny 3, man, that would be an interesting thing if it, if they really took it over and they, and, and they finally got to that. And that would be yeah. a difference, though, is if... You know, if we get the episodes and then it was all of a sudden Bungie's going to take a break from Destiny for a while and then they come back and say, hey, come play Destiny 3 on PlayStation or PC. Now, that would be a whole different like situation. But if it's ongoing for Destiny 2, I would see that staying. But if Sony took Probably. over, I could see Marathon going that way. It'd be it's still it's like any type of cert. I mean, it's like Tarkov is on PC, but you, I feel like they would still want as many people on it as possible. I don't know. That'll be. That'll be an interesting thing to watch. But yeah, the starter kit was taken down shortly thereafter. People were just pissed because it was stupid and it was a ripoff. Like, even the reviews on it were mixed for people who actually purchased the thing. And then they figured out and probably asked what it was. So it's just, it's one of those things that seems very tone deaf, in my opinion, because you've got so many people that would tell you not to do it, but somebody still felt like hitting the go button because they thought they could make some money off of it. But yeah. My guess is it probably happened without a lot of people in Bungie knowing about it or having awareness that it was going to happen. Because those are always the things that get you or somebody just figured it was fine. Didn't yeah. put it past the right people, especially since their community team is smaller. It might even have been harder to get that thing cleared. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I tend to agree. I think it was a, a bad call. It also, I think, crossed a line. I know somebody jokingly called it pay to lose. But it actually does have yep. it does give player in-game advantages. So I would say it falls under the the quote pay to win category. Um, and that is a line that Destiny has flirted with in the past, with people being able to get materials and stuff that helps them. You could get your sparrow faster if you spent money in D2 vanilla. You know, there were things that kind of got close to it, and they've also done things that were like time savers, like yeah. getting to buy the um transmog stuff instead of having to wait and grind those out um but this i think crossed a really important line and the thing i mean it's good that bungie took it down i'll give them credit for that they took it down they took it down quick but i think the reason that they gave for taking it down was the complete wrong reason oh um, it didn't i it didn't show me that they had learned because i the, read that the, and i was not, yeah, the yeah, reason they, they said like, that. oh, it didn't spark joy, you know, like they were. <laughs> that was uh, such PR BS completely. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, one of those. I feel I know there's PR who wrote that 100% get that. But I also feel like when you put your foot in the mouth that bad, you almost just be like. We thought this might have been something. Obviously, we read the room wrong and we're sorry. I feel like that would have in this state right now still would have done more of a favor to say just we messed up, just own it. And I feel like that's one of those times where the PR made it worse. Yeah, um, I wouldn't even say that the owning it is what I wanted to hear. 
What I wanted to hear was them say, we do not believe in um, microtransactions that have an impact on the game, which they didn't say. And I think that's kind of important that they chose to not say that because they could have very easily said, hey, look, we have no plans to do this. But in their taking it back, they basically just said, hey, this wasn't the right package. Not that we're not going to do it or that right. we don't believe in this as a valid strategy. They were just like, this is the wrong items, wrong target, wrong price point, et cetera. And that's really not the answer I was looking for. I was looking for, hey, look, we still are very opposed to microtransactions that give player in-game advantages. And we're not going to do this sort of thing in the future. Well, I also um, saw we didn't well, get like, that. getting into that as well. And is where I feel like, you know, you're pay to win. You buy a season pass, you get a free exotic. You've got the deep side harmonizers that are in the season pass, not the free to play. Uh, another content creator I saw on day one was level 100 in like a couple hours. Why? Because they bought every level in the season pass. So that is in a sense now because the artifact does involve your bonus power level. If you buy all that, you're instantly there at your plus 12, 13, 14 bonus power level. And then guess what? Dungeon launches on Friday. You've got your bonus power level done out of the way. Like I went to the dungeon at 18. 20 so i had plus 10 because i had saved up bounties and i did a lot of bounties over the couple days before it but just two hours you just buy it and you're done and that's just another example where they will let you buy i mean the transmog stuff is still just really pathetic almost sounds like the wrong word but it's just the transmog stuff and yeah it's sad it's like that is free in like so many other games because you earn it you want to look a certain way. Diablo did it. Outriders did it. Like you've seen it done so many ways. Just fine. Like you can make a cool cosmetic in there. And then you can also allow somebody to look a certain way. That's one thing. But and then you can earn them in game like the Iron Banner ornaments. Now you can literally spend engrams on ornaments, but then you still have to unlock the ornament with Synthweave. That's a weird thing that I saw for Iron Banner this week is the fact that you're buying ornaments with the engrams, which is time you spend in the game to earn the engram but unfortunately then the ornament still needs unlocked with synthweave that you've got to go do it's just it's the whole it's just not good it's just it's compounding on itself at this point it just seems to not be going anywhere but a yeah. little bit worse every time they try something yeah so that's uh pretty troubling to me i think if uh destiny ever goes full you know pay to win if something like this ever makes it through and they just decide it's going to happen i think i just have to give up on the game at that point like obviously i'll still review it and stuff because i still know a lot about it but i don't think i'll be a weekly player logging on to the season passes and all that um it just it it's not the type of world that i want to spend a lot of time in if that's yeah. how it is and you're right you know uh, artifact power levels do affect in-game stuff but you know I, I guess my justification for that has been the power is very easy to get without spending money. You don't have oh, to yeah. get to a level 100 to get. It's to a minimal thing for yeah. sure, but it's, it's like, minimal thing. it's just the fact that if somebody wants, if a whale yeah. wants to, they could. And the, like, that's yeah. kind of one of those things where somebody's like, Hey, I'm, is maybe unintended. Like, I don't know if they intended that yeah. part. They probably just, it's probably just a, a, um, historical thing from when they had, uh, artifact power level before there were well they used to say like at the end of a season if you haven't been able to play that much this season but you want to unlock everything on the season pass you could buy the last couple of levels or whatever it is if you want to do that and now it's like day one do whatever you want 
Like they even have, yeah. there's something advertised in Eververse as you're roaming through the new store. It's like buy 10 extra levels or something like that. It's right there. The first thing. Yeah. yeah it's your booster season, season booster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's true. And I remember them making that, that uh, announcement when they announced their first season pass model, they were like, Hey, look, you're not going to be able to just power through, but in the final weeks, we'll let you buy levels. And I remember thinking, Oh, that's cool. They're doing that. And then they quietly just like changed their mind, Yeah, <laughs> which, you know, the, I, I don't think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, E, I don't think there's a single monetization decision that Bungie has made since since the Destiny launched in nine years, almost ten years. Um, I don't think there's a single monetization change they've made that's been in favor of the players. I mean, I feel like I progressively it has, yeah, I mean, I would I would say over time, it's easily just gotten worse. I don't know if any have been so much for the players, but I would just say it's been more and more monetized, more and more stepping near on top of over the line, depending on what you're considering it. Yeah. I mean, I would yeah. say from the beginning when it's like, Hey, here's an expansion. Hey, here's the, or here's the destiny. Here's your expansion packs. And then there's the DLC of taking King. Uh, but yes, I mean, you had, it's just been probably more and more and more. It's been added on here and there. Yeah, because it um, it feels like like I can't remember any and them going, hey, we're reducing the cost of this, or we're you know giving this piece of content for free. Like pretty much every step of the way, they've sort of just like tested and then pushed a little farther and pushed a little farther. Um, and at a certain point, people's patience is going to break. I know mine broke a long time ago, and you guys all make fun of me for it. Talk about it all the time. Um, but I, I don't think I'm going to be alone for much longer. I think people are going to be demanding that Bungie change their payment model if they choose to care at all. Well, I think that's part of it is, I mean, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, if you watch my content over the next year, I'm going to try and do as much variety as I can trying to talk to the PR person for Dragon's Dogma 2, trying to talk to PR for Suicide Squad. Like I'm trying to broaden my spectrum of coverage because june 4th is going to happen people are going to play that story and they might buy just the expansion not the season pass and everything they may not care about the other like i just want to beat the witness do that and that is going to be a stopping point for a lot of people i really do think like that's going to be the moment where all right we've taken care of the witness Things may happen in the future and some of us are going to continue just because I've made it this far. I'm just still curious at least what they tell for the story. Ten years in, I may as well. But there's a lot of people that are going to be like, I don't, if I, I've, I've seen all that I care to at this point and I don't need to go forward. And I think that's going to be a hard point for them from everything that's come out. If they missed revenue projections for final, for Lightfall. And again, that could be poor projection. That's bad estimations with, you know, less people in COVID, less people stuck home. Yeah, so it's yeah. like whether there were less people who played it due to reviews, but there were also less people just still around in the game. Um, but no, Final Shape is going to have a drop no matter what. So if they're in trouble now, Final Shape may be a banger. You might give it an eight or even a nine if it's an absolute like outstanding expansion. But about a month later, that is you're going to see a drop off of people that they don't get back, and the only and that's. That's where I wonder what the future is of Destiny. I think the episodes will do be what they do for a while, but there's a whole lot of high up people so far not making the right decisions. But I do feel and 
that's where I wonder what they do next. I really don't know. That's kind of the weird point for me. I don't know post Final Shape are episodes going to be enough to pull people back in to say, hey, these are so awesome. I have doubts. I think they could do cool stuff. Like this season, last season, the dungeon, a couple of activities we had, which we'll talk about. They're putting out good content in seasons for what we're getting. It has been gradually getting better. And we've got an episode seem like they're going to take an even bigger step to less weekly login to get this thing or whatever. Like that even seems like a, a more interesting delivery model, at least in the episodes where it's like six week chunks. But there's a lot of people that still just won't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's like too uh, little too late. <laughs> feels like I think I think Destiny is in very serious danger of repeating Marvel's kind of pattern with Endgame. I think the final shape could uh, be their end game. And then they're going to see that people just stop caring. And even when you flood the market with a bunch of stuff, you know, you're kind of saying to your fans, Hey, we're keeping the, the party going, but the fans just disagree. Right. They're like, Hey, Alan in comments, he says, as long as I get my 10 years, I will be happy. Yep, That's see. what I thought about Marvel. When Endgame happened, when Endgame was over, I was like, look, I just got to see my story from when I was 10 years old, reading Marvel's comics. Like I got to see that happen on a massive budget. Yeah, you know, movie movie anthology, that's crazy, and I'm happy it happened. And I'm probably not going to watch the whatever they do next, just because it, it, I'm exhausted from watching this stuff. And I kind of I think Destiny's in a lot of danger to be in a very similar situation where they're going to say, "All right, well, Destiny two, the main story's over, but we've got all this great content lined up, and the fans are just going to be like, yeah, we don't care about that.'" Um, and I I think that's uh. I think that's a real possibility. Also, shout out to NorCal BMX. Uh, McClunky, friend. McClunky. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we already know now it's officially, I guess they did the official delay since we had our show. Because I'm trying to remember, because yeah. they did that the Monday before the season came out is when the... I, I talked about the delay announcement on BitCast on Sunday, so it would have had to happen, you know. Yeah, uh, that, it was... Before, yep. before last Sunday. So yeah, I mean the yeah. delay is official. We know official. it's June fourth, which Do you think will that's the real day. I have a hunch that it is, just because that does feel in. I feel like Final Shape was in development, and then Lightfall got shoved in between its development. So there was some work done on Lightfall previously, and then you've had the time to actually probably be a normal development cycle for. Final shape that would have been post like Lightfall and as things are progressing and then now at the delay, I do feel like while they wanted some time, I do feel like that date's probably about right um, to get what we're going to get. I don't expect four months to be a new subclass or anything stupidly crazy, more polish on the game, more side things, maybe some mysteries or puzzles in the game, that type of stuff I can see them adding in about four months kind of thing. But I do not see that three months. It's like three months and a week. It's not four months. Um, but I don't see them pulling out crazy. Oh, by the way, we were holding this thing back that we just didn't quite tell you. And the delay allowed us to give you a six subclass like that. I do not see. There's some people that are hoping for something think, like that. But I think that you could pretty much rule that out based on the um, reporting that was done after the layoffs. A bunch of. Uh, yeah. Because the I think some of the people who got let off laid off were QA people, right? And some of them said that the internal sentiment around the last shape, um, the final shape was uh, that it was good, not great. Yep. And that's coming from them. I mean, yeah. I don't know what they I don't know what they thought about Lightfall, but 
I know that there were at least some people on the team that didn't think it was amazing because I could just feel that energy from them when they did previews, uh, preview events. Um, but yeah, uh, it's an interesting, an interesting uh, situation because I, I don't know that the months that they've added is enough for them to drastically change the fate of the game. Um, but maybe it is. Maybe they're close to making it amazing and they just need a couple more months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I, but yeah, my guess is they probably don't want it to get much farther because then they want to be able to get into episodes. So they do still need at some point that pin to drop and then them go into episodes two weeks later. But yeah, that's yeah. So that delay is official. Then the next day we actually got the season launch start to get, we talked about, um, so season of the wish is actually here. Riven is a spirit of Riven, and we are working with Riven and Petra, and we got Crow involved. He's in the mix. He's around. He actually had a little chat with uh, Petra this week. And Mara and Pet Mara and Riven do not trust each other as far as they can throw each other, which is fantastic. I wonder why. Yeah, and that was actually what I got to do this week, is I got to um, do a little voiceover for Bife. So Bife lost his voice, so he reached out to, there's a Discord that I'm in with some other creators, and it was like, hey guys, uh, my voice is like, gone, can anybody help like do some voiceover? And I just, I was like, hey dude, if you need help, um, so there's like five of us, Fallout did the first one, mine was out, I think Dado's dropped today, cool guy, no matter, going in there, so it's like, I don't have a great voice for this, but I was happy to help. Um, but the one I talked about was actually Riven and Mara and their history and talked about um, the reason why Mara and Riven are always so prickly to each other, basically, is because they both know what they're capable of. But they also like Riven is always looking to, you know, biggest thing about Ahamkara is they misinterpret wishes or they're going to kind of screw you over and you got to be careful with the monkey's paw type stuff. And... The lore that I read actually from Bife was cool because it was talking about the fact that Mara was always so. She's way older than pretty much any of us. She's lived long enough to know that she can typically wait fate out. So she doesn't really desire much. So being as Ahamkars are looking to grant wishes and Mara doesn't really have any wishes that she needs granted. It was always kind of a weird relationship between those two. But also we're dealing with the last Ahamkara per se, since now we're talking about the eggs. And Mara asking for something from Riven. And Riven's like, why would I do this? You killed me. I'm dead. You killed all of my eggs. Why should I help you? And then we figure out about the clutch of uncorrupted eggs that do exist. And now we're going to be going through our weekly hunt of eggs so we can get our wish. So how's this season's story treating you? I don't know how much you've got to see it. Uh, I've seen everything that's uh, out so far. Um, and in the new dungeon. Oh, you did it? Uh, so yeah, yeah, I did it. So nice. I, I'm feeling pretty caught up on it. Um, I think we did the dungeon two nights ago. So yeah, uh, it was fun. Um, I uh, I think the season's okay. Uh, as usual, I'm not wild about uh, the seasonal stories. And I think this one so far, you know, I've got the usual pacing problems. The <laughs> plot is extremely predictable of like, hey, we need our wish granted. And what is our wish? Oh, it's, we wish that, the ending of lightfall made any sense um and we could follow the the um the witness through the portal which is cool um the new event that people are very excited about um what's it called uh coil oil thank you um 
I did not do a full run of that. I played part of it. Um, and then I realized it was like a 90 minute activity. And I was like, I don't know why I'm, I don't have time for this. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like 20 minutes. Um, so the, it was the not. Riven's lair is about your like 15 minute run. Cause it's one cycle. Okay. And then the coil, you go for four escalatingly a little bit more difficult with a little bit of the pick your buff with the currency that you've got kind of thing per run. So it's like yeah. each full run is like a Hades door pick. And then you kind of spend your currency. It's a little bit like that, but it's like full cycles. Uh, they get a little bit harder. I've soloed the entire thing. So it did take me about an hour and 40 nice. minutes, hour and 30 minutes, something like that. Um, but the amount of loot you get in the coil, if you're like, hey, I just want to get like a lot of drops for this season. So in each one of the traversal sections, because there's like mini boss and boss for each run. The traversal sections, if you find enough of the pots that are sitting around and you get enough of these like crystal shards, which are your score, you'll unlock a little treasure room with a chest and you'll get one or two weapons from that next traversal section, one or two weapons from that. When you beat the boss and you go back to Riven, you're going to get some loot there. You can, you'll do that four times. So you've got three different drops four times. So that's 12 minute weapons minimum. I've probably averaged one to two on average. So it's like 18 weapon drops or whatever, or gear at least. And then if you get a platinum run, which you just got to basically find all the stuff as you're going through, then there's like three or four more chests that you can pick at the end. So for your time spent getting 15, 20 different drops, it has got to be one of the most generous things if you're willing to put the time in. So that I will say is like, if you're looking for seasonal drops, it is going to shower the, with on you. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, so to yeah. me, the, um, you know, I'm not really like dying for some of the seasonal drops. So menagerie, I always thought was overrated. I think people actually like that activity because uh, seasonal activities were so bad back then. And Menagerie was the first one that wasn't completely shitty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also there was a bug that allowed them to just like farm way too much loot. Oh, the run back know, and forth. I remember that. That run back and forth bug. So I, I think people kind of um, overpraise those days. And I saw a ton of praise for Coil. And I, I don't really get it. Granted, I still haven't finished a run. And I'm sure the rewards are cool. But, um, you know, what I did play, I was just like, all right, this is kind of the same. I think I for me, the, I think for me, the fact that I can run through it solo, it has matchmaking in it or private. So you have the option for both. Um, and if you run through it solo, the objectives aren't so hard that you probably can't like, Hey, you need to start a damage phase or something. I can probably kick off the damage phase on my own. And then it seems to work well enough that there's a little bit of a mechanic, but then if you're match made, you can still knock it out. And if you want to put in the time on a long one, you can finish the whole damn thing. And for people who are wanting to spend time in, in it. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of the thing is like, we're just kind of apathetic to a lot of loot right now that a cool activity that showers you with stuff right now with crafting and other stuff. You're like, Oh, I got a couple red borders that run cool, but a lot of it is craftable. The dreaming city weapons have some updates. Um, yeah. So it's kind of that. I think it's more the fact that like if we were getting this type of loot when it was just random rolls and there was no crafting, people would be spending time in there because you could get a whole bunch of random rolls trying to get a god roll. At this point, right. do I need one more of fill in the blank whatever? Probably be okay without it. Um Yeah. But I think and like you can't focus loot, right? Somebody said that in the comments. What do you mean? You can't focus loot in coil. 
Um, so at certain thresholds, you'll actually get back to Riven, and then you can pick armor or weapon chest as kind of your reward for that circuit. Mm. Um, and it'll even it's be like, specific. well, and sometimes it'll be like, do you want armor? And it's going to show you like a bow or a linear, or it'll actually show a projection of what it's going to be. So you can't pick all of them per se, but it is random. And sometimes you'll get a mix of one or the other. So there is, it's like a little bit there, but not, it's not every time you're going to walk and be like, all right, pick armor or bow or fusion or whatever. And like pick which one you want to go for. It's not quite that specific. Got it. When you get to the okay. final, if you do a platinum run and you get to that final room, you do get to pick like two or three chests and damn near everything's got an icon on it. So if you do a full platinum run, you can do a couple focuses for sure. Um, I will say though, one thing I do hope they do with episodes, we have to get there. Of course, uh, this, we're back to the seasonal challenges. I will say that you can knock out literally all the seasonal challenges on day one, if you wanted to. So there's absolutely zero time gating, which I appreciate. Um, so they are getting more and more away from at least that piece of the time gating, but it is just the, the grid in a different form but at least there's zero time gating. So there's absolutely, it is. Yeah. It's the grid in another form, but it was like, not one thing was time gated. And I was just like, cool. That's at least that's better. It was like little stuff here and there, but I mean, I'm getting two wish grams for like two wishing grams for like everything I do. You run around the dreaming city, you'll be showered and stuff. Um, everybody the first week was all annoyed because you do the quest and then it sends you to the blind well and everybody's like, all right, I don't want to run the blind well. Like, Every week, is this something that's going to happen? And they said it's only like week one and week six. So it was more of kind of an idea that week Blindwell's a little harder now. Dreaming City has some new roles. That's pretty much why they put it in there. So I'm like, okay. They they flirted with a little too much, but like once or twice over the course of the season, I'm like, fine. <laughs> but it is funny when you go in there, you're like, yep, still the Blindwell. <laughs> Not much has changed. Same bosses, same mechanics, same, same, same. <laughs> And I think that's part of why no matter how much they add, that's kind of the thing is like you could do final shape and add four strikes, but is that really going to be the thing that is a game changer long-term? No, it's not. And that's, I think where destiny two is just long in the tooth. <laughs> yeah. So I've like, for me, I enjoyed like doing one solo and then there's this one guy somewhere in your four circuits called the glass collector. And he's going to give you like, 20 some odd thousand points worth of glass that you need to get to the platinum. And I just started a circuit and he was looking right below me. So I just nuked him and I just worked my way through everything else slowly, but surely. And I was like, cool, platinum. All right. Now that I've done that, now I'm, now I'm kind of good. <laughs> I soloed a platinum. Not, not sure a whole lot else. There's some star cats for collectibles for the, uh, seal, which I'm doing a video on those every week. But yeah, it's it's Riven's Lair is one circuit without the like points and the hidden chests, and then the coil is just four of them, and however much you want to get through. But yeah, it is basically one activity this season. Unfortunate. One is a miniature version, and one's a marathon. Yeah, which honestly, the the marathon strikes me as not a great format for match made activity because it requires such a long commitment and like. I just told you that the one I played, I didn't finish because I didn't realize how long it was until I was in yeah. there. I can't, I'm, in that case, you know, you're like, oh, all these blueberries quitting. In that example, I was the blueberry, right? I was the guy. But I've also match made into one on like level two. 
so you can actually jump no, in. That's kind of nice. So I've like I've actually jumped into you one that was so mid progress. Yeah, pretty much. Like I, I took your spot. Yeah. 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 Um, that's nice. So that is kind of one of the okay things about that piece of it. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Speaking of blueberries and other things, we also got our like fire team finder situation. We got our I did stress test. Did you do the stress test on what Thursday was it? I did do this. Well, it was the day before no, the dungeon, no, no, but it's also no, going no, on I, right I now. Did it, I, I did it. This. I did it. Uh, um, when did like I this week? Dungeon? I can't remember when I did it, dude. A couple I days ago. You said? I, I didn't actually. I didn't okay. actually use it. I just looked at it. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, it, it, I mean, like, it looks cool. It looks like a cool little yeah. cool there. I saw people. I, I mean, I saw one person do LFG and they finished a Master Crota's end. But more power to them for that. Um, it does seem pretty broad. They said they had a couple, you know, whether you want to show that you've got a checkpoint for a certain place for kind of labeling your LFG. They said they were going to look for certain checkpoints and things like that if you want to be a little more specific on that. But Technically, I feel like they probably worked it pretty hard already. So I feel like it's farther along than they thought it might have been. Is from what I've gathered, is generally positive from that so far. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's nice to have it in the game. I yeah. weirdly, this is like the time I least use that functionality. Like, I don't know the last time I used LFG. I usually just matchmake, or if I do a raid or a dungeon, it's people I know. So just an odd time for this to come out, but I'm sure, Hey, look, anything that makes it easier for solo players or especially new players to play the game. I'm in favor of. So yeah. The I'm, new I'm players, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since new players now can't get that sweet starter pack. Yep. That's really the thing. Um, so Friday, I'm trying to go through all of this chronologically Friday. We got the dungeon. And I jumped in, but you said you've now played it as well. So I wanted to get your thoughts on it first. Yeah. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I liked that it wasn't as long as the last one. Uh, Cause I, I, I did that one until I got the exotic and it was, it was like, I did, was not looking forward to it every week. Yeah. Um, so I like that. I like that this one's a fair bit shorter. Um, I got like dark souls two vibes from this entire dungeon, which is kind of weird. Uh, and I was commenting. Oh, I did too. Hardcore. Yeah. Dark souls is the thing I've heard everywhere. I've been. Yeah. Oh, are are people saying that? Oh yeah. I mean, Um, I walked in, I was like, I was like, which dark souls bridge is, is what I said in my head. There was a point where you get to a bridge. I'm like, this is a dark souls bridge. Like 100%. Because it's the one that I'm picturing. I don't know if it's one. Cause I played dark souls one remastered. That's probably what it is. Cause three was way ago. Probably one with the dragon who flies over on the bridge, and that's what it made me think of. It was the Dark Souls one, kind of all over it. What's uh, what's the name of the final boss? It's like Hefna or something like that. H e f n d Hefend or something like that. I don't know how to pronounce it. Hefend. But... Yeah, Hefend. Bones of Hefend. I liked saying that a lot. Bones of Hefend. Yeah, that was nice. Um, yeah, running around finding bones. Killing a giant eyeball. I don't think I understood that those giant eyeballs were supposed to be like ghosts of Ahamkara. Yeah, it said it was like a chimera or kind of like another. Yeah, it took yeah, a while to like kind a, of go. I've been going through now the quest, which gives you more of the lore on it. It's like an Ahamkara's ghost. And I was like, all right, that's what those meatballs are or just this one. I think anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. Um, lots of ads. I died of ice a lot. 
More than you'd expect, yeah. I know More what you're I talking expect. about. Yeah, man, it was cool. I mean, I, I like the part where you got thrown in jail. That was very fun and interesting. That was that took us a little while. And we actually I went back in for my guide and I looked down, I'm like, it made perfect sense when I was looking at all of them, but you're we just kind of communicating so I couldn't see everything. We had the numbers right, and we just kind of guessed which was clockwise or counter that we just tried both and then that worked, but then I figured out when you look at the ghosts in the direction they're looking, then we'd kind of put it all together. But yeah, we were so in there. I figured, I figured out the puzzle, but I was I was playing with two people who had done the raid before or the dungeon before. And so they were trying to not help me with anything because I told them not to. Oh, yeah. And so I was I was figuring out every encounter on my own, which is easy. Like it's a pretty easy yeah, raid to figure out the dungeon to figure the mechanics for. So I was I was learning pretty quick. Um, and then when we got to that one, I was like, don't help me. I'll solve it on my own and not realizing it was a three person puzzle. So uh, after a while, I had a theory about how it worked because I did notice the tallies on the ground and was yeah. putting that together. And then I was like, all right, you guys are going to have to help me shoot them. And then they were laughing because yeah. they were like, no, Travis, you said we're not allowed to help you. <laughs> You'll be there forever yeah. then. Well, so. now I have to. I need your help. I know that this is a more than one person job, uh, but it was cool, man. Uh, I think dungeons are probably... I probably like them more than raids, uh, mostly because the raids they do now are a lot of them are reprises or mechanics that feel like I've done them a million times standing on plates, throwing balls. And I feel like dungeons, they take more risks, they, whether yeah. it's the standing in light or standing in shadow from uh, prophecy, prophecy was very good. Yep. Um, that was very cool. This one, I, I just feel like they they're less afraid of because there's not a contest around it and this sense of purity or whatever it is that they're doing but you know you we haven't done a dungeon yet where they put like four artifacts from old raids and smashed that into one encounter you know like yeah. we haven't gotten to that point yet so i don't know dungeons feel more pure to me and i like them when they're shorter so um i think that was my favorite part of the season if it counts as part of the season because i think they sell it separately i also I, mean, don't I like consider them part of the season the, but yeah the fact that icor is a dlc vendor now is pretty offensive to me to be honest is that where you go buy like expansion stuff is through yeah. her i thought you just did it through you eververse buy the, you buy the dungeons from ikora oh i think you can get them most of them through eververse too but maybe you she's probably also... you probably can buy them there but you pick them up from ikora either way which oh, is that's... to me it's, it's kind of it's weird like, what the hell? why are you why is ikora giving you this dlc it's very bizarre uh yeah so i mean we had a similar experience my i ran it with cool guy and jingle um we had a good time we were kind of messing around in the jail smoked the first we figured out just the first guy and killed him i don't even know if we wiped more than like once or twice and then it was just like oh we kind of know what to do uh figured out the the pieces of that one the first guy's it's nice it's a boss to start so there are actually three boss fights in it which i appreciate uh but the first guy is definitely a warm-up he's gonna be like all right should you like can you figure out basics cool okay we're moving on um Ogre's a cool fight. Just, you know, enough mechanics and setup, and you've got the four plates. Kind of, It's also almost back to Callus, like OG. Which one was the Ogre? Uh, the outdoor one with the Frozen. Had, you had to stay by the torch while the Frozen debuff. Oh, that guy, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, cool. yep. And then you had the four, like, move, like, you had four different damage torches to stand by. Um, so they give you some flexibility because you don't have to go in order. So you can kind of, like, depending on how close he is, you can run to the farthest one that's across the way. Um, I do feel like a solo flawless will be a long run. Oh, that looks tough. Yeah, I've so I've pretty I've much got it. So precious scars for Titans right now, legit. 
it actually is quite good because you just need an energy weapon kill that matches your subclass. So if you're running Callus Mini Tool and then in the final fight, I switch over to Sunshot. Sunshot on the final fight, you know, the big uh, Chimera, the floating yeah. meatball, the eyes on either side, Heffend, whatever. Heffend. Uh, three eyes on Bones either side. Of if you hit the middle eye with two shots of Sunshot, it kills the other two. So in four bullets, all the eyes are gone. So like Sunshot is great for the final fight for a solo fight. And then also like when you're talking about the Scions, one bullet to the head, that group of Scions is dead. One bullet over here, that group of Scions goes down. So I can manage it. And then every one of those solar weapon kills I've got is giving me restoration and continually healing me constantly. So Precious Scars for a Titan probably is going to be your easiest way to solo this season, I think, honestly. I mean, Lorely Lorely was cool, but this is... If you can manage to get the kills, which this is a ton of ads, um, very manageable. I think it's actually, you can't get hit by like 17 things all at once, but if you're doing okay, and like I put on triple void resistance, because the meatballs, void shots, those actually hurt. Like uh, heffend, sorry. Heffend. Heffend. Bones of heffend. Bones of heffend. Uh, but when the... How many bones of heffend did you find? You find all the bones? I'm working through the quest and kind of recording clips. I think I'm on like five right now because I was working on five what? Well, like you get one for beating the final boss to start the quest, and then five I found what? number one, number two, number three, number four, number five bones of Heffend. Yeah, yeah. That, that's how many bones of Heffend you found. Yes, that's good. I'm glad that you found that number of bones of Heffend. <laughs> You're just having way too much fun. I just want to say it as many times as possible. Yeah. Say it with uh, me, chat. Bones of Bones Heaven. Bones of Heaven. Uh, yeah, so the ogre... So I figured out... I mean, I did a video and posted of full damage cycles of solo parts of each fight, and I went through the whole thing solo to establish that I could, and then I had people come in and help me just, like, push through the boss phase, but now I just need to put a full run together. So it's going to be, first, probably not likely a Fallus, because there's going to be something stupid that happens halfway through. Um... But generally, it's definitely doable. It's just going to be, it's a long one. Just solo damage phases are going to be. I like the meatball, the three sets of chip damage, because it feels like you make a little bit of progress before the big damage phase at the top. And I kind of like how you're doing some on each level, because uh, ghosts, when you get to the wizard, it always feels like, all right, so I got to go in this room over here. I got to kill this guy over here. I got to dunk this thing, two thing here, set this up. Okay, that's one. Go up here, this, this, da, 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 da. Okay, go to the third room, kill the other um, Lucent Hive or whatever. Okay, now I've got one damage phase. And this one is just like, you know, kill some adds, get the boss to spawn, stand in it, do some chip damage, move it up to the next. And I just like how it moves more. So you're just, it flows. It's not just... It doesn't feel like you're running laps on a track. It does feel like you're doing a bit more of like a road course, different turns, go up here, do this, this. And then if you come all the way back down, you're like, all right, that's one full cycle. But it takes a while to get that feeling of repeat, which I appreciate it, actually. Yeah, I I think that was the strongest encounter. They also yeah. have I my only complaint about that encounter is they have you doing a lot of stuff at once that sometimes feels like it's not very fair. Like the fact that you have to. Kill a giant taken. Giant scorn. Purge these totems, or yeah, yep. a, to- a to- scorn. Purge these totems. Melee somebody and don't get meleeed back. Yep. And then do DPS. Like that's all happening at the same time, and they give you like fifteen seconds to do that. That's it goes. Like, oh, and that's not why not very much time at all. That's and I was why just like, I, was, I don't I was want like, them. Dude, 
we were missing so many damage phases. Oh like, yeah. Like, you know, where, where you, there's like one round where it's like, okay, well we killed all of the scorn and we meleeed our guys and nobody died, but wait, did we forget to get, the Oh yeah. Totems? The blight oh, balls, the blight uh, balls on the ground too. You got to manage those. Yeah. Oh, that too. Yeah. You have to manage those. <laughs> there's yeah, a lot going on. Like, and that's why like yeah. precious scars. Would be like, Oh, we, for, we forgot to actually stand in the totems. I was like the part we forgot. And then you don't get a damage phase. And it's just like, Oh, we have to start it all over again. So yeah. That encounter probably took us like 20 minutes. So it was way too long. No, so. precious scars. I mean, that's kind of the thing. I'm being healed constantly. That is the only way. Cause I sat there and thought about doing it on say like a hunter. Cause I was watching Sammy cat who we had on here and she's doing her all bows, no HUD hunter build. And she's just like this final fight is just breaking her. So that's where it's the, either whether it's a healing aid or something like that. And that's kind of one of my, I guess, pushbacks as a solo. It's like, I think it's doable with my build, but there's not a lot. You need near constant healing because you are getting peppered from absolutely everywhere. Pretty much the entire dungeon on all the boss fights you are for sure. And I think that's probably my one drawback is it's not like you get to a damage phase and it's you and the boss. I feel like it's you get to a damage phase and there's still four other things going on. So you've got to be able to do damage in a short window, which you just have to focus on the boss, but then you just need to basically be healing yourself. Otherwise too many things are hurting you. So that's kind of where I have my one pushback on just the setup in general is, is for a solo, especially there's not a lot of builds that are going to make this thing great <laughs> in my opinion, but that's me. I'm, I was like, I'll, you'll watch Salt of Grappo and he'll probably one phase the whole freaking dungeon in 30, 30 minutes or something. So, you know, probably. just, you know, get good. But in general, I do feel like for a lot of players, a lot of players, I do feel like need some consistent healing mechanic because they just the guys never stop. And I think that's one of those things from other games. You do typically get to a point in other games if you're focused on a big, big enemy but you're not constantly fighting something else. It is a focus of you and them. Or if it's a boss specifically that has ads, you manage them and then you work on, but it's destiny is one of those games where some of that stuff just never stops. And it, after a while, you're just like, I get it. <laughs> I know the ads are there. I fought them a lot. No breaks. Cool. All right. And then when you get to the damage phase on say like the ogre, you've cleared all the scorn up here. You come down here, you clear, clear the normal taken. Then when you're in the boss phase, it's, it's like smaller taken that are coming after you. So it's a different set. Uh, Strand Titan, Solar Warlock. Yeah. And then the restoration timer not even being on the screen. Yeah. Whatever buff you need, half the time isn't on the screen because that whole UI thing is still there. So. Yeah. I hate that. Uh, overall, I do like it though. Um, I enjoy the aesthetic, as you said, the Dark Souls piece. It is just, it's a castle. I mean, you've got the dungeon and cool. kind of the crypt and the underground areas. And you've got a little bit of the secrets that you go through. Uh, the the trap chests, you'll be able to troll a lot of people with those early on. Like first run through, be like, hey, go grab that chest for us. Wait for it. Well, yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, there's that's a, kind of stupid. There's a lot of trap chests, a lot more than I, I thought really, there would be. I didn't really get it. I was like, is there going to be a boss that's like a chest or? I well, know. I mean, we're all thinking of mimics is what we're thinking of from Dark Souls. That's what you yeah. and they technically, if you stare at the chest for a little while, it has this like blue fog pop pretty out low, of it. Yeah. yeah. So pretty that's low. I caught onto that pretty quick, too. Yeah. Well, when the first one killed somebody, I was like, OK, there's going to be traps. How do we know? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and the non-traps, they move. Because one will be like, hey, here's a little bit of loot. Like, after you cross the bridge and there's that abomination and behind it, there's a chest in there. I got loot from that on one run with somebody. Another time, I was like, that's a fake chest. So I feel like I almost need to check more of them. Because some of them now, I feel like if you're going to go, which one's the bonus chest? It could move. Didn't know that. So I could have easily missed some. Just assume they're all fake. Don't trust any of them. No. Uh, you don't need loot. Just buy the starter pack. That's the theme of this episode. Uh, but yeah, overall, it was definitely a high-ranking dungeon for me, I would say, just in the, the balance of a lot of things, the challenge, the mechanics, the style. Um, I mean, Fala did his video on this as well. The loot is a little less than desirable, I guess. I haven't. I got the rocket sidearm. But that sure seems like a weird situational, maybe could be fun, but it's it's so odd. And this is the weapon that is inside a dungeon that you need to pay for that is one of your barrier options. And they said even in the twid, twid, I almost said twab, that like, hey, by the way, the new bar the new rocket sidearm is another option for you guys to manage barriers. And it's just like, okay, but you do realize not everybody can get to that now. So if you're running with barrier champions, you may as well just use Arbalist or something else. I mean, you can get Radiant a lot of different ways. Um, but yeah, the fact that the rocket sidearm, the bow is strand. The sword is a caster strand. Uh, what the hell's the other one? I forget. Um, I don't know if there's any specific god rules. I'm sure on... I think now maybe the API's up, so you could actually look at all the god rules, possibly. I don't know. I just, I don't know if I'm ever going to be running through with a sidearm with special ammo with rockets coming out of it for anything too specific. And then when it comes to barriers, Wish Ender, Arbalist, Revision Zero got a buff and a half, so all of those are going to be probably more reliable. But it was funny to me with the artifact. They're like, oh, look, we're going to be buffing up stasis. There's like two or three things for stasis. This is the season of solar. There's like eight things for solar. And then there's like solo operative on there as well. But overall, it's it's very much a solar season because you can get radiant and more ignites and explosions. And it's just all. And there's one where if you had like three hunters, Celestial and Nighthawk, I think, got massively buffed. And then there's a thing where if you use your super near allies, it makes your super even stronger. So basically the three of you could cast your Celestial Nighthawk next to each other and just probably delete a massive chunk of any boss's health bar. So I know That's some awesome. hunters together would probably absolutely delete some stuff. So that'll be fun. But the, the artifact very much is solar and I've just been enjoying my solar Titan once again. Not really too far removed from what I do half the time. Cool. And then this week we got Iron Banner, which was Tribute, which did not go over well. That didn't work out. Yeah. And now it's Control. Did you play Tribute at all? Or did you even touch it? I didn't. No, it, they took it down before I even The first chance. game I played, at one point it was like 53 to 2, and I'm like, what am I doing? Wait a minute. Because it's Supremacy, but then you're supposed to take the... It's like Kill Confirmed, but then you have to take the Kill Confirmed, and then like go deposit the dog tags, basically, is what you're doing. And I got to a point where it was like 53 to 2. I'm like, how are we? Oh. And then that kind of all sunk in. I had one or two games that were like a little bit. There was one we even came back and beat them. But the mechanics of like the little engrams that are like floating. Some just sit there and bounce. 
over and over this really high bounce and you got to wait for it to land kill somebody they'll drop like eight engrams and you run in and deposit them real quick it's it's not all bad but it was just the way they have it set up the way the deposit stations are set up and then there's like a bonus round for the deposit stations they threw it in there most people don't play objectives well anyway and then on top of that it wasn't exactly notified that it was a new thing to next to anybody it was just uh i think kind of poor delivery mechanism or something like that this is where they need like a demo or like a splash screen that comes up and say you know, if you click on Iron Banner, here's a couple of screens that pop up that you have to click through to be like, when you kill enemies, they're going to drop engrams. You need to pick up those engrams, and then you'll be able to deposit them into here for points. Part Partway through the match, every so often, there's going to be like this bonus thing that comes up. Just tell people that on a couple of pop-up screens with text or something, and you could probably make that so much easier. That's like one of those things that I feel would not be that bad to do. I don't know what the programming effort is, but if you click on Iron Banner, first time, would you like a tutorial on this mode? By default, it just goes to yes. And a couple of screens, you know, half and a half pages each time, three pages, show it all, and you're good. But I didn't even know, because I didn't know tribute was even a thing. <laughs> I went in totally blind. I was like, oh, cool, supremacy. I'll go pick up the engrams. Why are we losing by 50 points and I have two? And I know I've killed, like, five people. Oh. Well... So yeah, it's control now. Pretty basic. Um, I did mention the ornaments. You may, yeah, at this point, you're just buying the armor set because you still have to use Synthway for the ornaments. You can get old armor sets. Um, the Strand High Impact Auto Rifle is basically a laser beam, the one that you get from Shax. I was actually using that one to decent success. It's slow, but like if you can kind of line it up, it actually is because I had, think it comes with keep away and target lock or something like that. It's, it comes with a pretty good roll, like very high range, very steady, very laser beam, like for an auto rifle. It's actually not a bad roll to start. Cool. Uh, what else? I mean, that's two weeks of destiny. I feel like I've talked a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot has happened, but a lot is, yeah, there's just been a lot around the community. Like we talked about, uh, the news that came out about um, from the Rebecca article, which is a lot of uh, interesting implications we could talk about forever, but the in-game stuff, um, I mean, it hasn't been that much. There's been like a lot of controversies, but you know, start of a season is, is nowadays a lot more predictable. And so yeah. um, I don't know. I, I feel like we haven't really gotten any, this, this season hasn't been as front loaded as I expect, as as they sometimes are, you know, usually you get like 80% of the story in the first two weeks and then they tell the other 20% through the end. And yeah, this 10, one, 10% 10, 10 of that is in the last episode. This one feels very much like you got to wait till the final week because it doesn't seem like it's just going to be do a Riven's Lair. I, I don't even think we're going to get it in the final week because what we already know. Oh, how it ends, dude. that's going to be you know I mean? like. Six months from now, it, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be like a, hey, your wish is granted, but it has a six month processing time. <laughs> so uh, see it, see it the final shape. Yeah. See you in 157 or 127 yeah. days or something when your wish actually finishes yeah. buffering or something like that. Yeah. After the Department of Wishes uh, can sign off on this Dragon Ball request. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I I th I I think this is probably going to be one of the 
weakest seasons in terms of story because it has the same problems as the witch queen year where you know exactly how it ends because it has to end that way yeah you know except for it's less it's less interesting of a how do we get there though because when it came to like oh there's gonna be hive guardians like and we know savathun's gonna break out of this crystal like but how is she gonna do it and is somebody gonna die there were like a lot of questions and people felt like there was a lot of tension around the the storm that they knew was brewing yeah the stakes have kind of already now, been told we already, to we already us. know yeah. about this yeah we know about the storm and we know that it's not coming this season <laughs> you know what i mean so it's just sort of uh i don't know it it's a little underwhelming um and you know i have to hang out with marasov who i just don't care about too much pro is cool petra's cool but yeah i'm not feeling great about the story this season yeah, I mean, now that you say that, it is interesting to think, I mean, right now we are going through the season and we are finding the eggs. And when we find all the eggs, we say, here, Riven, can we have our wish? Yes, you can. Go in the portal. It it feels like that was laid out to us on minute one of the season. And then yeah. there's, there doesn't, yeah, as you said, right, there doesn't feel like a eggs, lot of stakes. Man. Like Seraph? Go find yeah. Seraph was good because there was, you know, mid moments. First, we had to wake up Rasputin. Partway through, we got the wake up of Rasputin. And then you had Anna talking to Rasputin, getting closer. And then the finale of Rasputin was, or Seraph was legit. Like, that was one of my favorite endings of a season by it, far it was, because it was also self contained. Yeah. Because it, it's not like Seraph needed to happen for us to set up lightfall lightfall we had no idea how we were going to end up on that planet and and that season did not address it it just was yeah, like was, we'll let you we'll let you discover that in lightfall but this one i feel like it like osiris was like oh by the way we should go or respite one line of rasputin's code says go yeah. go to neptune that was, the way, that was pretty much it to, we need to get neptune. Yeah. yeah this one it's like we know exactly how it ends and we know how we get there and the only thing that's standing in between us and that is a fetch quest for a dead dragon yep yeah it's i mean i like mara and riven kind of the back and forth to see petra and crow talking this week it's there there can be some i sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you oh, like the witcher bathtub down there <laughs> forgot about no, that i was just i was gonna tell you i had a thought this week when i was playing destiny which was i was hanging out with crow who is a dead character and Riven, who's a dead character, and then thinking about Cade in the next game, dead gonna character. be a dead character. And, and I was thinking about how much Destiny is just riding on the coattails of all of its dead, dead characters. characters. You're it's not, like, you're not wrong. It's like literally, if you like, when people say dead game, I mean, kinda like all the characters in, in are dead. Yeah, different, different ways <laughs> yeah. than they think, but yeah, you it's got a lot kind of dead characters. It kind of is a dead game. All. Of, I mean, all guardians are dead. So yeah. right, I mean, I'll give you that one. But like, it's just so funny that like all scorn are all dead. Know, they're reanimated. If, yeah. If you if you wanted to argue that destiny is it's it's best days are behind it and it's living off of, uh, you know, it's essentially a, a, a corp. It's a, in a corpse like state. All you have to do is look no further than its current cast of characters. <laughs> and it's just so embarrassing to think we're just hanging out with all these dead characters that used to be cool <laughs> it I just mean, makes me laugh that kind of ties it all back into as you said you've got that little marvel moment they've got, that's what i think a lot of people don't know 
And I think that's why it's so hard people for right now for people to even be remotely excited about what's ahead. We've been through 10 years. We've lost these characters. Crow, Aldrin, Cade 6, as you've said, Riven killed her. Uh, it seems like the Awoken, by the way, are going to be stuck in their cycle. That hasn't been I fixed I told yet. you. I know you did. I told you. Yeah, yeah. no way. Nope, you called that one. Um, but yeah, it's like, we're going to go through, we're going to deal with the witness. And then it's like, what is the new catalyst? What is a villain that is worth us going after? Zivu's lost her throne world, so we could technically kill her when we see her. Um, yeah, I think that's what they... And I think you probably are very right that the Marvel moment of not know, like we got to this moment, even if they land the plane, I don't know if they, if they managed to take it off again, I don't know if they know where they're going with it. They may have some plans with the episodes, but those may, those, those sounded more self-contained. So the idea of the big picture future, that's what I think a lot of people are having trouble who are even kind of close to the lore, figuring out why they should stay around for more, because at this point, there's not, there, there's not much left. <laughs> yeah, and that's fine. Uh, like, in my view, E, it is Bungie's future problem to worry about how they're going to sell us on caring again. In the same way that Marvel, they have to sell us on what the new story is and what the new characters are. And I think for some of us, they maybe haven't done a great job of that, or at least as good as, as they had done in the past. But none of that matters if Endgame sucks. If Endgame sucks, it, it, you don't get Endgame. You get Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Right? No, for sure. If this, if this game sucks, if this expansion isn't good, or even if it's like good but not great Yeah, if it's a seven and not a nine it's still not it's go it's going to be a game of thrones like like forgetting that that ever happened that's what i think i think it's going to just be like a mass exodus but if it's great if it's end game and people are like wow i'm actually really enjoying the last or the final shape and i want to stay playing the final shape all bungie has to do is give a compelling enough argument to all right, I'll try that for 20 bucks. And then next thing you know, you're trying the third episode for 20 bucks. And then you're just finding yourself playing more destiny. Yeah. And I would love to see that future, but I don't think it is even a remote possibility that that future gets to happen. If, uh, if, if, and their end game is bad on Honestly, I think, I think it would, it would devastate the franchise. I don't know if they'd be able to recover if they did be, if they were able to recover, it would be one of those bungee things where, you know, they put the IP on ice for a while and then bring it back later on. But yeah, I, I just I'm worried about the future of the franchise, to be honest. I mean, I think a lot of people are. And I feel like right now that's a lot of, of whether it's Joe Blackburn and whoever else is trying to figure out what that looks like. And they won't tell us until they're ready. But that player base is going to continue to slowly bleed. And again, even it's a seven month season. There's no way you don't have low the lowest numbers probably possible in March. Yeah. Because the Into the Light, whatever they announced, because we didn't even talk about that either. Destiny 2, Into the Light, whatever's going to launch in April as that kind of oh, that new thing. and old player, like, lead-in, which is... That's, I don't even know what that's going to be. I don't, think, I don't think that's a real event. Because they said an event every week, and my thought was... That's like a quest progression like on a Banner. weekly basis. Yeah, it's uh, something small. I thought it was just going to be like, oh, one event every week. I think it's going to be like Iron Banner, and then there's going to be Garden Games, and they'll they'll do that for five weeks, and then they'll be like, you know what I mean? I I don't, 
I don't know that they're actually going to do real events. I think it's just going to be like small things that like most players don't feel a whole lot of incentive yeah. to sign up for. It, it doesn't um, it, it doesn't feel like they can whip something especially because it wasn't planned. There's very yeah. little warning for Rebecca I like just, it sounds like those layoffs were damn near just like from the hip and then then they have to figure out what goes from there. So it's yeah. I feel like a lot I, happened I just, fast I wish and they're they were, working through it. I I wish they would just tell players, "Hey guys, we're going to keep the servers live but we're not going to do anything for those weeks like why can't they just do that i feel like that's a healthy precedent to set and it would save them all the trouble of spinning their wheels and churning out this content that is so half-baked because we all know it is right they're basically telling us like hey this is half-baked content that we're putting out there to tide people over and it's just like just tell your players to go play something else and then when they play your game when final shape comes out maybe they'll feel a breath of fresh air maybe it'll feel like you know coming home yeah i mean I, just, I don't i don't get why they need the engagement so much i i mean i get that it sells microtransactions the longer people are online but i just don't how how worth it is that really i, I mean and that's the thing i kind of wonder about too i mean you are under the umbrella of sony now sony does you know massive you know whether it was what was the activision leaks they said the budget for God of War and Last of Us 2, that stuff's like $200 million or something like that. They have some cash to work with. The question is what they agreement with Bungie is, if Bungie is hell-bent on staying independent as well versus what they're willing to do, but also is, can you keep up with... I mean, at some point, it does seem like they're fighting against almost the inevitable at this point to, to not take a break and build something from yeah. scratch. Like, I mean, they had three years to try and put destiny one together. Then that was a nightmare that exploded and they had to put something together in a year. And then they made destiny two, which they made a lot of wrong decisions. And then they've kind of worked on making that better. And we understand the live service at this point, but as you said, it's like, it's got to make sense. They've got to have a reason to keep us going in the episodes, depending on the scale of what type of team it takes to make an episode. I do wonder if that frees up more people to build something bigger but more and more people seem to be on board with the idea of a Destiny 3. When I think previously when that came up, like, I don't know, a year or two ago, whenever that discussion seemed to always float its head around and be like, how about a Destiny 3? It's like, before it was like, eh, it doesn't really, it's, yeah, probably not or whatever. But it does feel like at this point to reinvigorate a player base, the new player experience doesn't ever get much love as well. Um, that's the only way you build back up numbers because it's just going to be this roller coaster that slowly goes down and because the momentum will never get shot back into it with anything except a clean slate and a fresh start, I feel. And I, I do don't know how they get to that. The, I do want to comment on the board thing because I know people have been talking about it a lot and I have a lot of thoughts about this one. Which oh, is, them organizing that one? Yeah. Yeah, the, the board. Like the idea that Sony said, Hey, look, we're going to acquire you and we're going to keep our hands off of you because we think you're doing things right. I think is a smart move for Sony because they know that the main benefit they're going to get from Bungie. If Bungie is still a great studio is their talent and their brain trust. And I think they're going to get that no matter what, but the stipulation that, Hey, if you guys don't hit your numbers, we have the right to take board control. That's necessary. If you're buying Bungie, because yeah, if, if... What, what you can't what you can't have is you can't have Bungie 
start to go downhill as a business, not that they will or have or whatever, but I'm just saying theoretically, let's say that Bungie just started declining and was no longer profitable. If that were the case, Sony shouldn't be expected to continue to let them to act independently and subsidize their company and fund them and all that. They need to be self-sufficient. In fact, they need to be profitable. And so that is just a reality of like, hey, you guys can self-govern, but if it starts to cost us money for you to govern, like we're actually having to put money into this thing that we bought to make it work or to subsidize your guys' lack of performance, then that makes sense. What might not make sense is why it happened now, right? What Sony was sold of here's our projections versus the, the numbers that actually happened. I think those numbers were probably not inflated. I'm not saying Bungie lied, but I think they definitely gave themselves the most optimistic yeah. reading of what, they're, of what they were going to make and you know, what their company was worth because they wanted to get a higher a price for it. Um, and so I think there were a lot of mistakes here and I, I think uh, Sony is going to, you know, they're, they're probably going to be happy either way. Either they get a very functional, semi-independent Bungie that they get to make money off of, or they take control of Bungie. Maybe they scrap it for parts, but certainly they change the way things are working there if they no longer see it as a, uh, a viable business on its own. So I, I, I don't want people painting Sony as a bad guy. I, I think... Sony did a very smart thing acquiring Bungie. I think Bungie made a very stupid deal um, agreeing to this. Um, and I've been saying that uh, from the beginning, despite everybody disagreeing with me. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I just, uh, I think there's a business reality to the, to the reason that this happened and it is unfortunate, but I don't really, I don't blame Sony. I, I blame Bungie for these things that happened. I think they, got themselves in this pickle. I think they maybe overestimated their projections. I think that they laid people off rather than lowering their own executive salaries and then said, quote, we're not that type of company. That was a horrible line too. About it, which is terrible. Um, so all of that stuff, I lay at the feet of Bungie. I'm not a fan of the Sony acquisition, but I still, I don't blame Sony for it. I think Sony's acting in their own interests as they should. Um, I just think Bungie is there. This was never the right call for them based on what they told us they wanted. They told us they wanted to be an independent company. And it's also not what they should have done based on everything we know about Bungie's culture, which is that they do not fit with large corporate masters. And that's just not how their culture works. And so, you know, if you ask me, is this good for the shareholders? that own Bungie stock and all that. Yeah, of course it's good for them. There's obvious reason why they sold. They got an offer that was too good. Yeah. Um, and, and they, and it looked great because they thought they were going to keep their independence long-term. Um, but I just think that they gave up a lot for it. And I think they're starting to pay the price for that now. Um, and so I, I don't, I don't blame PlayStation at all. I just want to say that because I've been seeing a lot of like, hate on sony and being like oh this is the beginning of the end yeah but that's pure business I, on their end to say we're not business on their end they're being smart and i i just think uh i think bungie made a a big mistake uh giving away their independence that they fought so hard for multiple times yeah well so. it's like they've done it yeah countless times now it seems like but also it's the point of to where it does feel like more and more from rebecca valentine from the previous stuff that we saw that there does seem to be more of a division in the developer level versus the true executive C-suite that you want it versus what they're 
their goals are, what the feedback is, what they're listening to. And that's where it's hard to kind of decipher all the details. Cause of course we won't ever know cause we're not there. Um, but it's just more little nuggets you see from people who are no longer at the company. They're willing to like, you know, put an emoji on a Twitter, on a tweet or something like that to kind of reinforce things that kind of go along with the line that, Hey, here's the stuff that we should be doing, should be doing, or here's this feedback. And it's just the feedback falling on deaf ears is weird when it does feel like that feedback is how, you know, you would help your player base maintain or grow or build good favor back with them. And again, the startup back was a prime example of they're not listening to that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's like at this point, Bungie is shooting themselves a little bit and Sony's not going to just sit there and watch somebody, you know, watch the ship go down and just let it drag them down lower just as being like negative profit. It's like at some point be like, all right, you come up, we're going to put a new coat of paint on you. You're going to attach you to us officially now. We're going to figure out what goes on over here because they have to. They can't just sit there and watch it, you know, go down forever. Yeah. And that's exactly as you said, that's the business decision to say, we're going to spend 3.6 billion, but you're not just going to have free reign to do whatever the hell you want forever if you don't have good ideas. And that's a smart call on them. But also it seems like the choices from Bungie have been, I mean, the monetization more and more. It's like, I mean, is that, should we read that far back that they were worried financially about their own independence? And that's why the rumor of if Sony didn't buy them out, they could have been in financial trouble because of i don't really buy that that i that i wonder the facts on but they raised so much money the year before they're building a new campus all this stuff like that's why it's so weird and which queen was really good it's not weird that they sold if your entire point of starting a business and becoming a shareholder to get by to one day cash out and so they got a price that was much better than i think that anybody of them were expecting it, it is almost in your fiduciary like responsibility to just say yes to a deal like that. Like yeah. that's why you become an entrepreneur. Right. So I get that. I get the business part of it. What I, what I think is completely lost on this is like the fact that no one, when this happened pointed out that this isn't what Bungie does or who they are like at a culture level, if you understand the company and the things that they want to accomplish, the things that they told us they wanted to accomplish right. when they became independent for the second, third time. Um, I, I just, it, it really, um, it just really disappoints me. I, I mean, I was heartbroken when that happened. Uh, and so I'm, I'm not surprised any of this happened. Frankly, E, I think even if they did hit their fund, their, their money goals, all the revenue was, and they were making money forever, hand over fist. I still think that eventually Sony would effectively be in, in the driver's seat because keeping that independent culture it's easy at first when you just learn you got acquired and they're a foreign yeah. entity, but once they're your HR people and more and more people from them are they're publishing your game and all this other stuff, eventually those cultures just melt into one thing and you uh, you think of yourself as being on the same team as them. And I know that because I worked in acquisitions. That's kind of by design how things work. Um, and so I I just I think that this was going to happen either way. Of course it's much sooner than I expected because of the financial stuff. And I, and I hope Bungie's able to come back from it, obviously, but I don't have a lot of, um, I don't have a lot of hope. I mean, final shape would have to do some numbers. People would have to care about Nathan Fillion a lot more than I think they do. Yeah. And I think that's the hard part is at this point, a lot of whatever's coming. If the Sony take over the board thing right now, it feels inevitable because marathon sounds like it was potentially pushed to 25 
And if you're looking at mid 2023, 18 months of low numbers, not going to do any favors for you. It doesn't seem like. Yeah. So we will, that, that's going to be a weird one to see how it all goes. Yeah. But that's, yeah, I mean, Sony for the business decision makes perfect sense. I just wonder at one point when, you know, I don't know. I, I know they, they're a business and their goal is to make money out of the game, but I do feel like they have lost touch in what that has done to Destiny as a franchise, as the monetization is everywhere, the new player. I feel like there are, like, you know Joe plays. And I think Joe is not even at the point to where he's probably in a really tough spot because he's still reporting to, like, the Bungie execs above him that are, like... Yeah. Luke's and the Pete and all of those that are higher up and he's still really trying to make the game as good as it can be with so much coming down from above and there's so much feedback he's his plate is probably overflowed at this point to try and manage That's, both sides of that that is that is the big um, dilemma of every creator in the space is that some creative mediums the artist can own and operate the business, but with video games, it's so tech heavy. It's so expensive. You have to have so much, so much capital to make it done that like you have to join yourself with business people who know about money and know about making money. And sometimes those business people make bad decisions or they override the underlying reason that you're trying to create that art in the first place. Or in this particular case, you lay off people and then say that you're not that type of company when asked if you would cut your own pay instead. Um, and I, I just think that it's it's a delicate balancing act. And I think there's advantages to having business people in your org telling you, hey, you know, don't let don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Uh, finish yeah. your game. Here's a deadline. Here's a date you need to release the game for. I I, I think that stuff is genu genuinely healthy, but sometimes it crosses over into like counterproductive to what we're trying to accomplish here in the yeah. games industry well, yeah, um, like, and i think uh we definitely got there with this acquisition i think it's becoming less and less about the game and more about bungie's story and their future and their knowledge as a live service company and you know who's going to make money off of their ips and it it's less and less about the ips themselves and what bungie's trying to build and that that's why i get so bummed out when i talk about this you you probably can hear it in my voice but <laughs> you know, I had a, I had a very, I have a very personal relationship with Bungie. I have friends there. I've been at their yeah. office, you know, dozens of times over the last decade and longer. Um, Halo is my favorite game, uh, so it, you know, I just, I just have a really long history with this, and it sucks to see them where they're at right now. Just bums me out, man. Yeah, that's hundred percent fair, and yeah, it's like the you do hope at some point these articles stop coming out, but. Yeah, it seems like I don't know what else is going to happen right now, but it does seem seem like the road ahead is now a longer, still very bumpy road over the course of. Yeah, you called this year would be long, would be bumpy, and you're like, yes, this year will be bumpy. Now it's this eighteen months is going to be bumpier, more speed bumps, yep. potholes, and everything else across the way. Yeah, I said this would be the hardest year for Destiny, and I uh, the 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 farthest. Uh, the most wrong I was was that I underestimated how long the year was going to be. <laughs> yep, that's that's correct. Yeah, Which, yeah. I mean, it was you got the hard part right. Year. You just didn't get the year yeah. right, and you're like, oh, it's shorter. No, it's right. longer. Oh, good. It's a longer year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
I mean, I, th- I think we kind of knew that this was going to get delayed, right? I mean, I mean, it seems I, I felt like after Lightfall, and yeah, I just, it, I, I, I don't know why anybody who works on Destiny thinks that it only takes twelve months to make an expansion. It just clearly doesn't. If you look at their most ex- successful expansions, the ones that have taken a longer time and gotten delayed, and I'm sure it's it's one of those things probably where you've got people in suits telling um, creatives that they need to get it done in a year. Um, and like I said, I'm a fan of, of suits giving creatives a deadline, but I think those deadlines have to be realistic. And I think anybody close enough to what Bungie is making should just know right away that that's not, it's just not enough time. 12 months is crazy. No, I mean, shadow keeping onwards, they've all been delayed a little bit more each time. One month, two months, three months, three months. Like it's, everything seems to be that way. Was Lightfall the one that was like on track? Lightfall hit its year. That's the only one, and obviously we know how yeah. that went. So exactly, because yeah. that one had to hit that year, right? Although yep. now I bet you they're wishing that they had delayed Lightfall and made it a little better, because now it's sort of not even the band aid it was supposed to be. Correct. Um, it almost it almost yeah. <laughs> almost hurt trying to force yeah, that one it, out. But if if it had come out a little later, it would have been closer to the middle mark. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> if that, now it ends up looking like they released it too early because it's like. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of silly. Um, uh, as fast as chicken says, uh, no, Mike, uh, Destiny or no Destiny, hope the last word will continue to discuss other games. Don't end up like fire team chat. Would hate, hate to not have these campfire chats. We're not planning on going anywhere. Trust me, there always seems to be stuff in the world of gaming to talk about. And we all enjoy our games. So I'll be doing them for as long as I can keep these couple more and some guests coming through. And it's going to be... Uh, I'll be gaming for the better part of the rest of my life. So I don't see that changing for a while. And I'm happy to talk about it as long as we can. That's kind of my thoughts yep. on it. Cause I like these two guys and we have some fun guests every so often. So it's uh good times in here, but I think that's probably a good place to wrap this one up. I don't know how much yeah, I think we've probably covered everything. We depressingly need to for about a week and a half. <laughs> um, Cog will be back next week. We'll talk about the game awards, get his thoughts on everything. Um, Next week starts the dawning. Week after is the exotic quest to be rumored. I think at this point we've got a little bit of a road ahead, and then they're probably probably their typical holiday break will happen after that. So we might be off for Christmas or New Year's or one of those, depending on who's traveling and what. But for now, we will be back next week with plenty to talk about, I'm sure. Grand Theft Auto trailer, also very pretty. Oh, I didn't get to talk about that, but... That is unbelievable. I don't know what dark deity they uh, are sacrificing blood to to get their <laughs> tech where it is, but I guess that's what $2 billion budget and unlimited time and money resources will get oh, yeah. you. But, I mean, uh, they've printed... I'm, ab- I'm, I'm absolutely blown away by everything I've seen in that. And then the fact that former devs at Rockstar who quit or got let go are saying that the game is actually going to look like that. Like they're not even, you know, no, that's that's not yeah that bitter that, about it. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. I I just I'm completely. Well, I hopefully. love Grand Theft Auto, and you know it's the Grand Theft Auto Five was such a an awesome game. I I just can't imagine this game actually being as good as it looks just from that early trailer. Also, the male protagonist is a cop. Come on, guys, undercover, undercover cop. Obvious. It's a Fast <laughs> and Furious story. Well, it should be. Yeah, it. I mean, the animations, the world, just the the lighting. Yeah, I mean, they're doing as you said, 
billion dollar budget and they've printed money for 10 years so they can take the time to build whatever they want 2 billion i'm sorry it's looking at the biggest budget. biggest budget for probably any inter- piece of entertainment ever i would they imagine they can afford it though they've got fu money dude they can just oh, literally yeah. they can they can spend that much money cuz uh i think it was did they they made was it 850 million dollars or was it 850 million dollars in like, the oh. first day of grand theft auto Grand Theft Auto five yeah and it's been in the top it's been in the top 10 of npd off and on yeah. for a decade like it continues yeah. to make them money and like has the, i think it's like the third best selling game or second best selling game of all time and then whatever people do with grand theft auto online and shark cards i mean they've yeah. as you said they've got enough money to wipe their butt with hundreds constantly and they still get to make a game with a two billion dollar budget so no i think they'll be fine i'm very curious it is weird for me to tease something 18 months out or however far it's going to be but yeah that is it's where it begins There'll probably more i don't think uh i don't think rockstar has ever released a game uh, on time yeah, so I well, be yeah they, what was released. the fiscal it was supposed to be in fiscal year 24 which would end march 31st of 25 to get it out in q1 of 25 would I guess surprised me a little bit, but we'll see. Well, now it just says 2025. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, they could do that in December 1st, and it doesn't matter when that game comes out. It'll be Christmas 2026. Yeah, there you go. Sure. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, Travis, you got anything else before we go? Look for your upcoming reviews or thoughts on Look IGN. for my uh, Anna Crucis review should be live like today or early tomorrow, and then uh, look for my coverage of the Game Awards tonight, which I'm going to be starting right after this call. Nice. Uh, same with me. I'll be doing Destiny stuff. Um, probably some Lego Fortnite. Might see if I actually put together a video on that one. And yeah, you guys know where to find me streaming and Twitter and right here on YouTube and Twitch. Thank you guys uh, for this episode. For the two of us, Cog will be back next week. But for now, you can go watch Lord Cognito on Iron Lord's podcast YouTube channel or catch him here next week. But for this episode, it has been The, the Last, last word. word. 